0: Nicola Brady is with me, the travel journalist for Travel Tuesday. And Nicola, we are going to Tahiti, which is so far away. Oh, I wish
1: we were going to Tahiti. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well,
0: you've been there, which is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't. So far away, I suspect that once you pass it by, you're already on the way home.
1: It's so far away. You can't get any
0: further away.
1: So I landed, I think it was about 11pm, went to bed, was super excited to wake up and see it open the curtains. I got out of my bed, instantly fell over. I'm guessing, I don't know how gravity works because I was on the wrong side of the planet. Right, I think I was possibly so tired that just collapsed straight on the floor. Wow. So yeah, far away.
0: How do you get there?
1: So I went with Air Tahiti Nui. It sounds more complicated because you go to Paris first, but then you transfer in LAX, but you just get off the plane clear US customs and get right back on. So you can go via LA and San Francisco. Mm. But I would say if you were doing that, you'd want a few days in those cities because otherwise the flights would be more complicated. And I'm like, "Eh, if you've got a long journey, just get it done.
0: It's a full day's travel though, isn't it? It is. You're about 24 hours at least. A full
1: 24 hours, pretty much.
0: Why should people go to Tahiti?
1: It's one of those places. It's so beautiful that it doesn't seem real. You know, you just find yourself gazing out of the window, wherever you are, if you're on like a little seaplane or you're on like a, the, a little homestay on the main island. It just is so far away and so incredible that it's, it's a real once-in-a-lifetime experience, but it's an experience I think everyone should have.
0: So is Tahiti... One island or is it a name for a kind of a collection of islands or...
1: It gets confusing because there is an island called Tahiti and that's the one you fly into. Yes. But technically, the country is the islands of Tahiti. It's 118 islands altogether. So some of them are just teeny tiny little islands like off the coast of Bora Bora. Some are bigger. But generally, what people do and what I did was go between three main islands. So I started in Tahiti. That's where I landed Okay. that incredible flight. So a lot of people use That's Tahiti, where you fell out of bed. That's where I fell out of bed.
0: Because the gravity yeah. was upside down.
1: Yeah, yeah. It makes exactly. sense. Scientifically, totally, that totally. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. So started on Tahiti, a lot of people use it as um, kind of a stepping stone. They want to get to Bora Bora or somewhere else. But that island itself is incredible. Like once you get beyond that main bit, there's a little bit called Tahiti Iti, which I think means Little Tahiti. So the island is sort of separated, almost disconnected. But you have this incredibly wild, rugged part at the bottom. And half of it is only accessible by boat. So where I went was, I'm going to butcher it, Tia Hopo is what it's called. And they always just say it's the end of the road. So once you get to the end of the road, the only way to see the other parts is by boat.
0: We're going to see it at the Olympics
1: you are
0: this and is where the surfing is on
1: yeah Rich, i do i still think very that far from paris someone's going to go to paris get a like ticket to the surfing yeah i've got, I've I've got tickets like,
0: for a few things oh. i've got beach volleyball i've got a morning session of athletics oh. i've got the surfing ticket just
1: a quick 24-hour <laughs> yeah. flight and you'll be there yeah. so all the stuff was set up when i was there you've got the big olympic sign there's a little bit of scandal locally um because so it's all based around this one wave um And I saw it, I went out by boat. Now it's a mission, it's a 20 minute paddle just to get there. But this wave is one of the best surfing waves in the world. Something to do, so it lands over coral. It's actually quite a dicey one. But the way in which the wave falls, you get this just pure sort of glassy, perfect barrel. They have surfing competitions there and they have like a wooden platform for judges at the moment, but they're bringing in another one for the fancy Olympic judges, yeah, now depending on who you sort of who you see talking about it, I think they did damage the coral when they brought that in the other day, so there's a bit of scandal locally, but it is an incredible place
0: yes, um where did you stay down there?
1: so that was one of the few places look undeniably it 's an expensive destination, but there are these home stays, so that's what I did when I was in Tahiti um, so down in Tiahopo, um, again i'm going to butcher it um ahio tomowa is the place that i stayed at so it's a really cool little family home um the couple live there with their two kids loads of chickens dogs cats um and they just have two bedrooms that they rent out but it's got the most incredible location so the view from my bedroom was just two double doors and you see their land going right to the foothills of these kind of toe-blown Jurassic Park mountains that are at the foot of your bed so you can go off on hikes with them really sort of immerse yourself in that local culture and I did uh, so in each of the places I went to I did a uh, a sort of a local tour that gave a bit more insight to the area so the one I did there was the Tahiti Safari and it's run by this really cool girl uh, Cindy So she'll take you out on a boat and she's actually an incredible surfer. She didn't mention it, but people told me later. So she takes you out to see the wave and then she took us to a remote part of this island. Um, And we started off, she said it was too rough for the boat to dock. So we had to leap into the water and swim to the shore. (laughs) It turns out, she told me later, she just starts the tours that way because she's then, like everyone leaves their phones on the boat. So you actually really experience it properly. It's a great idea. It's a really good idea. Despite and none the of a you number questioned of times, none of it.
0: No, when she said it's too rough, I can't bring you in. This perfectly it is lake-like <laughs> water, fine to swim, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, but then, and they were just—it was a really nice group of, like, mostly local women. Um, and we went out, hiked over this sort of volcanic plain to get to a waterfall. Um, in Tahiti they believed that the water is living so her mum led this sort of blessing ceremony then she like climbed up a rock flung a rope over it so we could climb up this waterfall and leap in but it was just an amazing day
0: So that that's Tahiti and Tahiti-easy That's Tahiti-easy and what about all those other islands you mentioned? Did you did yeah. you do a bit of travelling around? I did. Did you go so to Bora Bora?
1: I did go to Bora Bora. Uh, the one before that is Morea. Okay. that's You see that when you're on Tahiti and it's a really kind of jagged, it looks like the island in which a Disney villain would live. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, really cool. And that's where you start to get those resorts with the overwater bungalows and everything else. Mm. Um, I did a food tour there. So that was fantastic purely because I love to eat. But it gets you out of the resorts and gets you eating the sort of the real, the proper local food. But the snack huts and the the Poisson crew, so that's like a raw fish dish that you get everywhere. I think I had it every day in Tahiti.
0: Okay. and it's so when you like, say local food, that's what you're eating, lots of fish.
1: Lots of fish, but so there's a strong, there's sort of three main food influences in Tahiti. You've got the the French influence, the Tahitian, and then the Chinese as well. So oh, really? Yeah, there's kind of Venn diagram of Tahitian cuisine that incorporates all three. So one that I ate, the guy on the Tahiti food tour, um, Heimata, I think was his name, but he showed me one of the main local things is called croute. And it is basically chow mein in a baguette, which is like the dirtiest food you could possibly imagine. Yeah. But really good.
0: Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to take your word for that. You
1: <laughs> But it is, yeah. And just like you get mango at the side of the road that's covered in like raspberry and chili powder and salt. Oh, lovely. Oh, and these like Tahitian donuts. But it's the kind of stuff... You wouldn't know where to go if you were doing it. Uh, and
0: uh, Morea so is, as you say, is this kind of Disney villain or kind mm-hmm. of a Bond villain island. Um, Bora Bora, is that then?
1: Worlds apart. Yeah. So there is a main island that's the sort of main hub of Bora Bora, but most of the resorts are on their own private little islands or like the Motu that's an islet. Yes. So that's where. Now, I didn't realise overwater bungalows were actually a Tahitian invention. So they're based on like a Polynesian fishing hut um so it's great to do the homestays it's great to see that side but if you're going all the way to Bora Bora you want to stay in an overwater bungalow yes you know like it's it's it is admittedly pricey but for the experience you roll out of bed at the foot of my bed there was like a glass panel on the floor so you could just lay in your dressing gown watching the fish like the easiest snorkeling you'll ever do in your life
0: and would you just jump into the water off yeah. the bungalow?
1: Yeah. So How you warm walk is the water? out of bed. It's so warm. Oh god. Yeah, it's like bath temperature. So I would just wander out in the morning, fling myself straight in, and the the sea life that you see just around those bungalows, like loads of stingrays. There was a scary looking eel that I stayed out of the water. Yeah. To avoid, but the tropical and it's like I mean, you don't even need to dive in. It's like a pool. You can see right to the bottom of the sea anyway. It's incredible. I've got to stop using the word incredible, but it's really hard.
0: So, was that, was Bora Bora your highlight?
1: Oh, I think it was just because it was that quintessential experience. And I went out and did a lagoon tour uh, with a guy who has now it's motorized, but it's a, a traditional Polynesian canoe. Mm. And he took me out swinging, um, swinging? <laughs> swinging. <Wow>,
0: okay. <laughs> I went swinging with the locals.
1: <laughs> That's what you've got to do when you're in. Yeah, exactly. I went in Rome. I went into I easy. went swimming with sharks and stingrays. Oh um, wow! And that was yeah, that was spectacular. Just to to jump in and have these creatures just swimming all around you. Unreal.
0: Um. So. It's it's expensive, is it, because of the kind of the calibre of tourists that is going there? I mean, so, is, is there a kind of an off the beaten track option or is it so small there isn't? Oh, there no. is.
1: You go to somewhere like Bora Bora, there are a lot of American tourists and that amps the price up. Yeah. Also, it's a big honeymoon bucket list destination. So people, if you want to go and do that overwater bungalow, we can Bora Bora experience. It is pricey, but if you combine that with the kind of homestays that I did, even in Bora Bora, there are tiny little uh, mochu islands where you can do that homestay and have a more rustic experience. But if you combine the two, and look, it's still pricier than going to the Algarve, but if it's a Mm. once in a lifetime thing. It's completely worth
0: it. And would you recommend people just kind of, um, as if they were going to the Algarve, like most people do, just put it together themselves, the package, or given how far away it is, just go with with the travel group.
1: With a travel agent, and all of your internal flights, all of your transfers are taken care of. Yes, You can mix it up. I think it may be trickier to do the homestays, but you could organise that with them. But just to have all of that stuff taken care of, that's what I would do. The other thing I would think about if I was going back is to do a, like, sailing or a catamaran trip. So I was looking up uh, this company before, Tahiti Yacht Charter. Um, a friend of mine went with them so you can charter a catamaran. And it's not that pricey. Mm. If you went with... now, do, do
0: they do it for you, though?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this is I so, don't get
0: these people who, like, charter boats and sail for a holiday. It's well, like work. The
1: insurance wouldn't cover me. I can't drive a car. I'm not going to be ah, sailing. I don't think they're going
0: to give you a <laughs> boat then, no. not.
1: no. <laughs> But if so, if you wanted to go on a catamaran that was skippered with a chef, I think it was like just over. It was like eleven hundred for a week, or you could do a private one for two grand, and that's you could really get out to those little islands.
0: Well, listen, the cash machine is twenty-four grand on Friday, so this is what you could put the money uh, to. Nicola Brady, travel journalist. Thank you very much, Nicola, uh, for joining us at the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.